grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today we observe Reformation Sunday, a day when we celebrate the gospel of our Lord and thank God for restoring that gospel to the church through a young monk in Germany named Martin Luther. Luther wasn't supposed to be a monk. He was studying law when a lightning storm scared him into the Augustinian order. Some would say he was chicken, and I guess he was a little because he became a friar. Martin took his vows in 1507, and two years later he was teaching at the University of Erfurt. He didn't know it yet, but God was going to use him to reform the church and free the gospel. Martin was a good student of the church before he went into the monastery. The church taught that one's sins piled up God's righteous wrath against him. There were ways of eliminating some of that wrath and anger, ways to alleviate some of the punishment for sin, paying homage to or venerating the relics of the church would work in one's favor. Relics like straw from the manger of Bethlehem, a sliver of wood from the cross, the skull of John the Baptist. Pilgrimages to holy sites, doing penance, all of these were ways to try to earn God's favor and reduce the mountain of punishment stored up for sinners. Now, the reason Martin Luther entered the monastery was because he'd made a vow in fear of his life. If God, actually St. Anne, spared his life in the storm, he would dedicate himself to God's service, deny his own pleasures, give up a lucrative life in the law, and become a monk. And so, true to his word, in 1507, he did, much to his father's chagrin. In the Augustinian monastery, which was known for its expectations of rigorous moral and physical discipline, Luther began his search for peace between himself and a God who was angry with sinners. I was a good monk and kept the rule of my order so strictly that I may say that if ever a monk got to heaven by his monkery, it was I. All my brothers in the monastery who knew me will bear me out, if I had kept on any longer, I should have killed myself with vigils, prayers, reading, and other work. Martin Luther Worship each morning began at 2 a.m. and lasted 45 minutes, and these sessions were held seven times each day. Luther says, when I was a monk, I made a great effort to live according to the requirements of the monastic rule. I made a practice of confessing and reciting all my sins, but always with prior contrition. I went to confession frequently, and I performed the assigned penances faithfully. Nevertheless, my conscience could never achieve certainty, but was always in doubt and said, You have not done this correctly. You are not contrite enough. You omitted this in your confession. Therefore, the longer I tried to heal my uncertain, weak, and troubled conscience with human traditions, 
the more uncertain, weak, and troubled I continually made it. In this way, by observing human traditions, I transgressed them even more, and by following the righteousness of the monastic order, I was never able to reach it. Young Martin looked to his religious leaders and to the sacraments of the church for help. Luther confessed frequently, often daily, and for as long as six hours on a single occasion. But he always concluded, after confession and the celebration of Mass, I was never able to find rest in my heart. Luther fasted from food and water for days at a time, only to report, I almost fasted myself to death, for again and again I went for three days without taking a drop of water or a morsel of food. Luther prayed for help to the saints and especially to the Virgin Mary, who, in Luther's words, with her womanly heart, would compassionately appease her son. Through all of his efforts, Martin Luther became more and more sure of his sinfulness, and he keenly felt the condemnation of God. In 1511, Luther's superior had him study for a doctoral degree and, and lecture on the Bible in the Wittenberg University. Luther would study the Psalms, Romans, and Galatians. It was in these studies that Luther would come to wrestle with the righteousness of God, which always terrified and condemned him. In Romans chapter 1, Luther read, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Luther took this, and so did the church, to be the righteousness by which we are measured. But as he studied these letters of Paul, the Holy Spirit was working in Martin Luther. In what was called his tower experience, the light suddenly shone in the darkness of Luther's mind. The righteousness of God was not a measuring stick that condemns sinners, but a righteousness given to sinners, imputed to them. Therefore, the righteous shall live by faith. Luther suddenly understood the freedom of the gospel. Paul says that for our sake he made him sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And suddenly, Luther said, every other scripture made sense. The Apostle Peter wrote, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Jesus takes our sin on himself and gives us his righteousness. By faith in Christ, then, we sinners are accounted righteous and justified before God.
there's a Latin phrase that we use in the Lutheran Church. We like to use it for this doctrine. Simul justus et peccator. Simul. Like in the word simultaneous, simultaneous. Justus. Uh, picture a J in front of that word. Justice. Justus. Justified in the sense of being righteous. Peccator means sinner. Simul justus et and peccator. Simul justus et peccator. Simultaneously justified or righteous and sinner. We're probably more used to hearing it as both saint and sinner at the same time. Sometimes we talk about it like that. Simul justus et peccator. Simultaneously saint and sinner, justified and sinner. But I'm going to shorten that Latin phrase just to the word simul. I am simul, meaning I am simultaneously a justified saint and a sorry sinner at the same time. This is what was revealed to Martin Luther by the Holy Spirit as he studied for his lectures at Wittenberg. And this gave Luther great comfort. Before this revelation, Luther saw the Christian life as a progression toward perfection and righteousness. One must overcome one's sins, purify oneself, become more and more righteous in thought, word, and deed in order to please God, in order to be justified before God. Throughout one's life, one found oneself somewhere on the rising slope to righteousness. At the end of life, if they've been sincere and tried hard and been mostly good, one might go to purgatory, there to be punished for hundreds, even thousands of years until every sin was paid for, and one was at last deemed to have been purified. Now Luther understood that as a Christian matures, he actually feels his sin, recognizes it in ever greater intensity and clarity. Then also he is able to repent of it, confess it, and revel in the full and free forgiveness of his sins for the sake of Christ, his blessed Redeemer. Understanding that he was simul was a great comfort to Martin Luther, who felt his sin so intensely. And I dare say that understanding on this Reformation Day in the year 2020 that you and I are simul is a great comfort to us as well, because we know our sin. As David writes in the psalm, our sin is ever before us. We say words that we later regret. Our prayer life is not what it should be. We expect God to act the way that we want him to. We covet our neighbor's snowblower. This is a very cold day. We know our sin, and as we mature in our faith, we find that we know and understand our sin better and better. We are definitely sinners. We're not rising on that path to righteousness, but 
we see ourselves in an ever poor, poorer light. Without Jesus Christ, that's all we would be, sinners. Besides condemned to a fiery existence for eternity, and I don't think that's a good thing just because it's so cold outside. Without the gift of faith by the Holy Spirit, all we would be is condemned sinners. But thanks be to God, we have Jesus Christ. As the hymn verse says, For us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. Ask ye, who is this? Jesus Christ it is, Lord of hosts, Lord of Sabaoth. He holds the field forever. Christ Jesus has fought the fight for us. As a man, he was tempted by the devil, but he resisted that temptation. He obeyed each of the commandments perfectly. He earned a righteousness that is now ours by faith. And so we are Eustace, justified before God, righteous. This is the message of Scripture. You and I, who are poor, miserable sinners, are also holy and pure saints of God. The years 1527 and 28 were hard years for Luther. In August, a plague hit Wittenberg. Fear drove many of the people to leave the town, but Luther and Katie, who was pregnant, made their home into a hospital. They watched many of their own friends die. Their own son became ill. And this same month, one of Luther's followers was martyred for his confession killed in Austria. In December, Luther wrote to a colleague, We are all in good health except for Luther himself, who is physically well, but outwardly the whole world and inwardly the devil and all his angels are making him suffer. A few days later, Luther wrote that he was undergoing a period of temptation that was the worst he had experienced in his life. A few months after this, his daughter died. She was six months old. Martin Luther wrote, The only comfort against raging Satan is that we have God's word to save the souls of believers. And it was here, after these difficult years, that Martin Luther wrote his hymn, A mighty fortress is our God, a trusty shield and weapon. He helps us free from every need that hath us now o'ertaken. Luther preached and taught this truth as the central message of Scripture. His writings reflected the gospel of Jesus Christ in opposition to the teaching of salvation by works of the law. He taught that we are simil, that though we are sinners, yet we are justified and righteous by the blood of Jesus. We are saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, as taught in Scripture alone. When Luther was asked to take back his writings against the errors of the church, he refused, saying that his writings were in line with the teaching of Scripture and that his conscience was captive to the word of God. Here I stand, he said. I can do no other. God help me. Amen. And here we stand today as well, over 500 years later, 
we stand, sinners justified by the blood of Jesus. We are simul. Thanks be to God.